welcome to episode 436 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Hey, boys and girls, I don't know if you were taking bets at your home. Whether or not Russell John the Fisherman was wearing his patented scary hat, but today, I will give you the Groundhog Report. He is not wearing the scary hat. That's when you say hello. Hi. I mean, hello. What's uh yeah no hat today we just uh we just got oh. out of a extended interview no hat during that no hat, no hat during the show it's uh is this a new thing for the Sabbath out of respect <laughs> it's a comfortable episode that's all oh we, we had a uh, are are we hiding the guest for the week uh we typically try to do that okay well uh I was very comfortable around them and Randy's not here so I don't have to get dressed up. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Well, we'll go ahead and break it to it. Uh, it's Jelaine Maxwell was the guest this week. I don't know why I went straight to that. Also, uh, Randy is out of office today. He is uh, on assignment in New York City, and uh, we'll report back next week with his findings. Uh, Russ, why did you send him out there to uh, check in on Abel Ferrara? I heard the, uh, the curbs were an inch taller, and I was hoping that he would take another dive. Oh, boy. As he walks around everywhere with his hands in his pockets. Well, you know, he does the Alanis set. Why is Randy in New York? B- because he is a gentleman who has a life to live. And he doesn't always want to live it down there in the ATL. Is that where the mail order bride was landing? Randy's, let, let me say, uh, Randy lived a life out on the road. <laughs> and when you live a life out on the road, you make friends along the way, brother. And so he likes to check in. With his mm-hmm. uh, friends all across these states united. Unlike you and I, yeah. who sit in the spider castle. There's a lot of them. <laughs> and it's, I, I don't know if you heard, but spider season's back. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're taking over. Uh, joining us uh, with the spider talk is also resident spider expert, Oksana Valerinova Osachi. I decided I don't care about the superstition that killing spiders is bad luck, and I squished one yesterday. They're everywhere. Not, not bad luck. I didn't know it was bad luck. It's supposed to mean money. If so you kill a, a spider, no, if a spider, spider sh- means money. Yeah. So then you don't well, kill Well, then them. I can guarantee <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah, we're going to be broke. That's true. It's a war. They're coming in everywhere. I, I, I'd i rather, you know what? I'd rather be poor killing spiders than rich with spiders. <laughs> That's how I feel. You can quote me on Dude, that. Dude, I was trying to back up. A couple days ago into a spot, and you know how most of us are spoiled with the rear view camera? There's yeah. a fucking spider blocking it. <laughs> On the rear yeah. view? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, was, I wasn't even terrified. I was just annoyed. I mean, for, for our new listeners that think we live on Spider Island, which we, is a real place, by the way. And we do. We kind of. Well, we live on Spider Mountain, yeah. as we should call it. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a very uh, you know wooded area. We are next to a state park. And uh, also, you know, across the street from, um, you know, where they cook methamphetamine <laughs> in the trees. Okay, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, they lived down remember, the road. You remember though. when that was when that was the biggest thing that we were concerned about in this neighborhood? Yeah. But I also remember how quiet they were in their cooking their methamphetamine. Yeah. Now we have these. Uh, you know, we should have every week. We should update our listeners on the firework. Uh, extravaganza that happens it's not been happening nightly no um for for months now 
It had been, yeah. Nightly, there is some sort of variant of fireworks happening on this street. It happens during the daytime. It happens when nightfall. It can happen at 2 a.m. We don't really know, but I am. I typically don't go to bed until the fireworks are done. <laughs> That's how it happens now. It has it overtaken... like a patriotic book. <laughs> I don't go to bed. It has overtaken... <laughs> my life in that way you're right the last one like three days ago they went off at like three and i remember thinking wait no eh, i'm okay with that and then i was i was like could you even see them out in the daytime probably not but uh my mom who lives nearby now she also is annoyed with the fireworks she lives in a little community down the road and she's on next door. You make it sound like she's in a cult down the street. <laughs> she's, she's in, in a community. <laughs> she's in an apartment down the street. It's a, it's cool. Um, she's on next door. Do you know that app? Yes. D- do you go on it? Absolutely not. Um, she's been t- sending me screenshots of our neighbors, and they're all just like, "This has got to end. The fireworks need to fucking stop." And people are like, "You know, just do what I did." fucking think about it a little bit and be okay with it because it's never going to end. And then people were just like, in San Bruno, uh, that's, I don't know if we want to put that out there, but that we have, uh, it's legal here. In most of California, I don't think it is, at least in the central area where we are. And people are, we're blaming the fact that it's legal, that we do have legal fireworks. They're like, well, that's why all the illegal ones come here. And people are like, wait, people bring the illegal fire, whatever. The last, uh, screenshot my mom sent me was that one of the m1000s that went off uh went through somebody's window and they're like hey i'm fucking over it who has cameras share the footage with me i want to end this shit now yeah and then i think the next day we got something in the mail that was like hey if you have illegal fireworks minimum is a thousand dollar fine so i think maybe something happened they got scared off I was at the point to where I was ready to strap a camera to my head and wait out there for him. Yeah. Like, so I'm sure other people were already And then submit it to your own film festival? Exactly. (laughs) VHS 2023. No, that'd be tight. No, um, I I, I was angry for a while with them. Um, I, I have now taken a Buddhist approach. Oh, okay. And I'm very zen about it. Because uh, otherwise, I I wanted blood in my teeth. <laughs> I wanted flesh. I wanted to. I wanted to be able to floss out the flesh in my teeth from when I bit them to death. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're like, uh, I'm okay with it. That's right. That's probably why they left. They they're like, it. they're like, the dude stopped screaming. <laughs> that got, that day, I I I didn't want to look out the window because I swear to you, I don't know if you guys were home. But I swear to God, it, it landed on our back deck because it was that fucking close. We're it like, was the sparks were fucking. I could see them out my window. The band, yes, they were but back they were there? playing. Uh, Russell was warming up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> there, uh, I listened. Actually, it's weird you brought them up. Uh, I listened to their new record yesterday. Uh, thumb up or down? And I don't know why I I, I, I wanted to lower my tone when talking <laughs> about sparks, but. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's what they do. You know what I mean? Weird lyrics and a lot of synth now. Yeah. A lot. 84 dudes playing kazoo. What? <laughs> Is that the residence? I'm sorry. That's the residence. I'm confused. No, I, no I, I'm going to tell you right now. So that shit is rough. Yeah. 95% of their catalog is rough. 
but I love them. Yeah. Well, yeah, no more fireworks. Um, I did briefly want to mention that last week we recorded on a Saturday because I was going to a wedding. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> now, I again, it was a small, quick, cute wedding. Nothing bad. Beautiful time. I got to see How a lot long was of- that ceremony? Oh, not long. Oxon, what do you think? Like 20 minutes, maybe? Probably. Eight minutes. I run an eight minute average, baby. Well, you'll probably also get the bride's name correct. <laughs> and consistent, at least. Uh, Damn. This one, it was a different name every time. Yeah. And, That's uh, rough. yeah. You know, but it was fine. Um, I, again, I've mentioned on the show before, I'm terrible with family. I'm great with strangers and friends, though. And uh, <laughs> I got to see a lot of family. And a shout out to my cousin, Sean, who says this is his favorite podcast. Again, you have terrible taste, my brother. Like, there's so many. I'll send the other podcasts to listen to. God, you got a dad, Sean. You got a I cousin, know. Sean. You got a friend, Sean. And uh, so my cousin, Sean, yeah. uh, instantly went for an inside joke here on the show uh, about how I mentioned my, my dad doing a ancestry test for no reason, really, other than my mom pressured him. And he's one of those annoying white guys who's always like, "I'm Irish. Uh, don't you can't pinch me on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, of course I'm a drunk because I'm Irish. Uh, I only drink Jameson because yeah. it's for the Catholics. I don't drink Protestant whiskey. Yeah. Uh, and uh, turned out he's not Irish <laughs> at all. So my cousin, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you listen to a podcast?" And he was like, "Yeah, and I'm Irish." <laughs> and my dad uh, did not enjoy it. Damn. Also, uh, my dad, who doesn't have any dress shoes, wore, what the fuck? What were they, Oksana? Boots? Were they boots? No, I think they were dress shoes from when he had dress shoes. So, anyway, the they were talking. His right shoe, the sole was ripping off. Oh, my God. And uh, it wasn't clear to anybody at the wedding if there would be alcohol available. So, my dad uh, suddenly deemed this worthy to take on. And he went... I'm gonna go, I gotta go get it fixed. And we're like, what the fuck is he doing? So he came back with a red cup. Um, I don't know where he apparently got it from the engineer of the building, uh, who also gave him some glue to put in the sole of his talking shoe, which now just looked like it had rabies because it was white crap in it. Anyway, God, it was a fucking train wreck. Also, I don't know how to respond to any of this. My cousin uh, also was worried about maybe there wouldn't be alcohol here. So he brought a little flask of bourbon, which he shared with my dad. Now, my dad fired up on bourbon and shoe glue. Uh, we came home and he was it was Father's Day, too. Uh, so he's like, we got to take you out. So he brought us down to this restaurant on El Camino, Rib Shack. Have you been there? Mm, oh, I know it. It's got a terrible reputation. Yeah. But now um, Chef May, is her name May? It is. Mm-hmm. Chef May's taking it over. Oh, Chef May. Who is a very uh, personable um, black lady. Mm-hmm. Large personality. She's fucking amazing. And um, Can't cook for shit. No, she's fantastic. <laughs> the thing is, my dad has all these ideas for her restaurant. Oh, my and was really looking God. forward to bringing us down there. Now, I only bring up the fact that she's black because it's important to the story I'm going to tell you. Well, the name of the the restaurant is The Rib Shack. It's The Rib Shack. Well, now she's calling it The Hip Hop Rib Shack. And uh, I'd hope she's black. 
Yes, and and she also has a table filled with podcast equipment. If I had a restaurant called the Hip Hop Rib Shack. (laughs) And then my dad showed up. (laughs) And it was like, hey, I have an idea. Health inspector just says, no, we're good. Here's here's the the type of restaurant. One, Chef May, she's the only person there. She does cooking with her family in the morning, and a lot of her family stays there and hangs out, but she's the only person. So you take her order, she gets your food ready, and she serves the table. Word. Which explains why we were waiting for to take our order for an hour and a half. Oh, boy. Again, it was Father's Day. And my dad's like, oh, man, it's packed in here. It's pa-. I'm like, it's fucking Father's Day, dude. Yeah. Like I told you, I used to wait tables. Like Father's Day, Mother's Day, they're just packed. It's the one time you go to eat with your family. Was he wearing the same shoes? Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> here's the thing. He, if you meet my dad, one of the things I, I took from him is I get, I feel, I'm too comfortable with people immediately. He's a hundred times worse than me. So he kept doing things like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to help her. And I was like, I think if she's dealing with busy traffic like this, it's for a reason. And she's like, I'm going to go back there. I'm going to help don't, her. Don't, and then, don't tell me. I'm about to, I am about <laughs> To, to crawl outside of my skin. So then, dude, here, uh, you know, here's, you want to know what made me crawl? Oh, my so God. So the name of the place, the Rib Shack. The Hip Hop Rib Shack. Is what it, well, now it's the Hip Hop Rib Shack. Yes. That's important. My dad uh, was always like, man, it, this place would be more packed if people knew it wasn't the Rib Shack anymore. He's like, fuck that guy. He didn't know what he was doing before. Well, he thought it was the Hip Hop Shack. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hip Hop Hip hop rib? What the? F- I don't know. Hip hop barbecue, I think. I don't know what he thought it was. Yeah. But he took it upon himself to go up to the large whiteboard where she had uh, somebody wrote out like the hip hop rib shack. Yeah. And he erased the shack part. And he went, it's not called that anymore. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't. Okay, so that's where I wanted to die because oh. I'm like, dude, they didn't accidentally write that there. And then he kept going, I want to get back there. I'm going to help her. I'm going to help her. And her mom was there. And she came, and uh, let me just tell you, this food is fantastic. We got lobster tail. Oh, my God. We, we had a $200 bill. We got lobster tail. Oh, God, you should hear my dad talk about, you ever had soul food? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, what do you mean? And he's like, you ever had real dirty greens? I'm not talking about greens. I'm talking about real dirty greens. Dirty greens? That's what he calls, yes, collard greens. He's I, like, these are dirty, dude. I, 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 I can't. See, Clark knows I don't my sign dad. off on any of this. Dude, so I was like, dude, I'm I not do know your dad. Yeah, so he was just, he was loud. We're in the bar. Also, we had Cliff there, who's a little angel, but I'm just like, dude, this is a time bomb. What are we doing? Anyway, Chef May comes up. She's fantastic. She sat down at the booth with us, and he was like, man, I was about to get mad. You were, you were BSing with me. That's what we do. And she's like, do you know how I know your dad? She's like, one day he came over here. He ordered a bunch of food. And the next day I came in, and tell me why this man comes to the door and is banging on the door. And he was like, I just got off work, and you didn't give me my beast. He, she's like, hold on. She's like, you be quiet, which is when I was like, oh, she's, she's cool. Yeah. She just started, she's like, he's banging on my door, so I let him in. And he's like, you ripped me off, you didn't give me my beef ribs. And she was like, hold on. So now she doesn't have like, she doesn't have an electronic system. So she pulled out the roll of receipt, the the paper, and went through it. And she went, hold on, hold on. She's like, I think you're right. I don't remember giving you beef ribs. But she's like, if that's the case, I didn't charge you. So she pulled it up. Again, it's a long fucking process. And she's like, here, let me, so she showed him. 
I didn't charge you for him. I'm sorry. I'll get you. You know what I mean? Whatever. We'll make it right. She's like, I also didn't charge you for the two beers you had. So don't come in here. And he was just, he changed his tune. Of course. And now he's in love. And now he tells people this is real soul food. But she came, oh my God, she was telling us a story. He would cut her off in the middle of me like, hold on, Rick and Morty's. And she was like, she would look at him in the eyes and be like, how did you notice that? And he's like, you got the Rick and Morty's. And she's like, he's not wrong. Because everybody at the table is looking at him like, are you having a mental breakdown? What is happening? And she's like, I have Adidas or I have Pumas on. They are Rick and Morty. I don't know how you knew that. Because it's not clear. Yeah. But I, like like autism allows, yeah. he, he figured this out and started yelling it in the restaurant. Clark, I have to bring you down to meet this lady. It's fantastic food, but... Okay, I'll meet the lady. Oh, I don't want your God. father to be anywhere near it. <laughs> and then he started saying like, Chef May, Chef May, uh, one day I'm going to come, I'm going to kiss you because you're cooking. She, she turned to my mom and she's like, let me tell you, if he comes home with a black eye, you know what happened. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Get the. F- She's yeah. the best. She's fantastic. And also, that that is the only way to interact. Oh yeah. With in those situations, because like you know, she's yeah. I mean, yeah. But, dude, he was saying some shit, some shit about like, I can't remember what he said, but it had to do with the Muslim religion. Oh my God. And Chef May said, "Me and Malcolm X are gonna come and beat the shit out of you." <laughs> I get that's the only thing I did, but it was immediately after recording, and um, yeah, I, I, I had to share that with you. There's so much shit he did. Also, the commute out there was an hour commute with him next to me in the front of the car. This is, you know, that's Guantanamo. Oh, yeah. I felt like waterboarding. Oh, my God. Also, you know, here's the thing. It was Father's Day, and I'm like, you know what? I, we could bond. We like the same kind of music. Uh I'll play. You know what he did? Mm. He brought AirPods in there. He put both of them in. I could hear his AirPods over the car stereo, and he would still talk shit about the stuff I was playing. Yeah. Happy fucking Father's Day. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I I held on to that because I saw you right after we got back. Yeah. And I was like, I'll tell you on the podcast. I can't oh. do it right now. God, that that <laughs> filled me with so much anxiety and dread. Oh, also the sole of the boot. So he didn't go back there. He did. I was facing the the side of the restaurant that had the entrance to the kitchen. He was standing in the doorway, and one of the other people, because there was a taco stand outside that's connected to the restaurant, someone was like ex- trying to like stop him. Like, excuse me. <laughs> he he kept trying to go. He went back there like three times. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you something right now. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something right now. <laughs> Someone's going to kill your father. That's what I was saying. I'm like, dude, don't be fucking. He's like, no, she needs the help. Also, he was pitching her a business idea. He's like, how about this? You do the barbecue at night. I do the breakfast in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and you'll get it by 3 (laughs) p.m. Fucking, uh, he's he's tricked us all with that old. God. She was like, "Uh, we're cooking in the morning. That's what we do. The barbecue takes so long. He was like, like, oh, good point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. God, I'll tell you, man, my anxiety. He was getting me. I'm like, dude, we need to like leash you to the car or something. Oh, okay. Well, uh I, I want to pay off something that we um that was mentioned on last week's episode. Um I believe I, I we Oh yeah, we were talking about the blackening. 
And then I mentioned uh, during your and Randy's, well, Randy had not okay. seen it at that point, um, your review of The Blackening, and I, and then I made the claim that I was the blackest on this show. Mm, mm-hmm. I would like to say that I have received some feedback uh, from our black listenership. Oh, no. Confirming this fact. Okay. Uh, this is from um, the aforementioned East Bay cinematographer. Oh. Jasani Perkins. Idiot. <laughs> what did he Yesterday at 108 a.m., you were the blackest on the Overlook. <laughs> to which I responded with, this on the record, which is probably the least black answer I, I could have. And no response. <laughs> you should have been like, for show? Question yeah. mark? <laughs> no, I'd just be like, a word? Oh my there god! Go. No, no, I have to bring Jafsadi down there though. Chef May, um, God, dude, we could have fun. Also, she was like, "Hey, if you want to do your podcast out of here, you can." And I'm like looking at the equipment. I'm like, oh, we wouldn't know what to do with this." At the Rib Shack? Yeah, she has. She's like, like again, hip hop Rib Shack. So yeah. I guess she allows artists or people hip hop Rib Shack. Yeah. You would like the decor it's in there. It's fun to say. Although I think I just proved I'm not the most black on now, the are show. We, are we talking about the place that's up here? Right down the street. Yeah. Right off Orange Park. Yeah. Okay. It's rad. Good food. Uh, like, But it's right on El Camino. The food is so good that I can't appreciate it fully because I don't eat that way. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you have the palate of a garbage disposal. Yeah. That's fair. So you saying good, I, you know... Describe to me, what did you have? What did I eat a day ago? And I, I thought you were pulling up, and I'm like, Clark cannot see me making this. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I, I just that was my one thought. It's I, like, I'm, I can I just say I'm glad you at least had those thoughts. Well, I know what I'm doing. I know it's not. It's like, should I cook this hot dog or eat it raw? And I'm like. I think everything in the universe is saying cook it, but then I'll be like, oh, I can but you can eat, eat a hot dog raw. It's gross. Yeah, <laughs> but you can do it. It's what, fine. Were you the one that complained about how I brought food to work that made Oksana buy the thermos? You yes. would eat cold chili. Yes. Yeah, and that was disturbing. <laughs> that was disturbing. You know, food is a ration to me. When, here's the problem. I'm fine with. Mo- I'm fine with all that. But you when, ratted me out. I had to because I, I can't see you <laughs> eating congealed fat for no yeah, reason. It doesn't matter. It does matter. That was good. It's, it's vile. It's a vile <laughs> thing. And I'm glad that I helped you with that. I feel way better Fucking, about it. You ratted me out. You two feel guilt. That's I don't care how you feel yeah. about it. I know that I did a public service that right. day. Jasadi, take his black card away. <laughs> He's a rat. He told... Oksana, that I was not heating my food at work. I had to do it, man. I saved you that day. You know, I've gotten a lot of shit for that. Like, through the years. Like, why didn't you heat that up? I don't know. Hey, part of my job here as your friend is to help you be a better person. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, look, you talked for 20 minutes about your father. So (laughs) it's like the man with the talking shoe. You know what else he did at that wedding? So you know how there's like assigned seating? He, it was very clear where they put him uh, in the corner. But yeah. <laughs> one person didn't make it. So the wait staff, they weren't, they weren't the brightest bulbs in the kitchen or whatever. And she was walking around the full plate, another steak. And he, she was like, somebody at our table had already finished. She was like, oh, did you not get one? And he was like, no, I did. And she went, oh, okay. And he went, I did too, but I'll take another. And she looked at him. 
She looked at him in the eye and thought, I've never had anybody say this before. He's clearly still got a plate in front of him where half of the food is there. And, and she was looked and you could like that. She went, you know, okay. And she gave it to him. Yeah. And I was like, what Why the not? fuck are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm eating. Yeah. And again, if you know my dad, he doesn't fucking eat. He does this thing he calls noshing. I'm just noshing. I'm just noshing right now. He's like, you know, with the chef, when you're in the kitchen, that's what they do. They say they're noshing. And I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> Him talking about his cook days. <laughs> oh, oh also, my Lord. the shoe fell apart by the end of the of night. Of course it did. And then he started calling it a moccasin. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, that's pretty good. But uh, I can't... <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just saying. Here's the thing. I did no one. Who let him leave the house with shoes that were falling apart? <laughs> well, here's we picked him up. Like I said, we were driving. So why do you tell him get to put different shoes on? Because I think my mom to not have a uh, to not murder him because she wouldn't have a breakdown. She would kill him. Yeah. I think she just uh, has to put on pick blinders. your battles. Yeah, and she and just. I, like, no, I get that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. For sure. For sure. He has stripped. Everything away from her. There's no, I, 100%. There's no question there. Oh, you should have heard Chef May. I she feel was like, I don't know what Saint blessed your ass, but she's still here with you. I'm like, dude. I, and you know what? I'm sorry. I've taken up so much time with this. It is. Um, Happy Father's Day, everyone. Yeah, it's June 25th. It's um, 3.30. RIP Randy. We'll, we'll miss him. Unfortunately, he's not in New York. He got on the Titanic submarine, which, uh, again, if you've heard the tragic news, imploded a couple days ago. So, Randy, um, here's one for you. I will pour a beer out on the curb. We all live in Titanic submarine. Now, uh, we just got done talking to a guest that we will not be revealing. Talked to him for two and a half hours. Long time. You're going to hear two hours, two of it. But the last half hour, we did talk about that submarine. And I just wanted to mention briefly... You know, this is a film show. And if you want to hear James Cameron <laughs> lightweight roast the dude for making a piece of shit submarine, jump on YouTube and just put up like submarine tragedy James Cameron and you'll get a bunch of uh, interviews he's done. And it's pretty interesting shit and kind of ironic that there was a malfunction Actually, he he does it best when he's like, you know, it actually mirrors the Titanic pretty closely where they told the guy, hey, man, there's a lot of icebergs out there. You probably shouldn't go. Yeah. And then he was like, nope, I'm going. And then now there's a submarine where people are like, you probably he's like, I guess literally James Cameron wrote him a letter and was like, you should not be putting this in the water. And then, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> life imitating art. And he shouldn't have put Avatar in the theater. Did you watch it? No. All right. Oh, you're going to watch it. You're going to get $2 billion. I know. You're going to get a fucking tattoo if you do watch it, though. The Navi. It'll be your new Mission Impossible. Dude, we're like two weeks out. Very excited. Oh, yeah, we are. From the greatest movie stunt in the history of movies. Okay. (laughs) What do we do on this show? Okay, uh, Randy's out, so I guess it's R. me. R. Time to talk about a movie I saw yesterday um, at the Elmo New Mission Yeah, Theater. you snuck out, bitch. Why didn't you invite us? Because we don't oh, hang out <laughs> You guilt me on this show for not inviting you. Um, 
Okay, you, yeah, I don't be, actually know what because you're Because this about. is a Wes Anderson movie. That's oh, why. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about Wes Anderson? I know how you feel. Tell our listeners. I think he, um, he's got an aesthetic that is his own. So much so that uh, people love putting Batman if in Wes Anderson. Yeah. Like, it's that, it's like AI identifiable. I, it, the fandom irks you more than anything, right? Um, I don't know. I think I liked him more early on in his career. Whenever I think of Wes Anderson, my go-to would probably be like Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Which kind of feels just like a slice of life indie movie. Not so much a fantastical voyage of sure. not much. It's a caper. Yeah. A, a low stakes caper. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And uh, lo-fi, low stakes. Uh, yeah, Bottle Rocket. Oh, I, I love Bottle Rocket to death. Um, now, uh, you know, his stop motion animation is yeah, his true. next level. Yeah. And I think it's also a perfect pairing with his uh, creative output. I think it's a perfect medium uh, for him. And what he's doing in that space, I hope he continues to do. Even It probably takes him five years to make a movie. Um, hopefully he's been working on one for three years, uh, cause hey, I love him. Who was it? Somebody on this show was talking about one of the interesting style choices he did for claymation was not brushing out the finger marks. Because, oh, I haven't heard that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was watching something on stop motion and they were saying that he instructed, cause he had a lot of people working on it to not correct that which i guess is like an industry norm mm-hmm. like like chicken run or something you would make sure that it looks kind of like fluid yeah but that little bit i'm like dude that's why he's got a palette that an ai can pull he, he's a visionary i would never take that from him for sure but man i'm not excited to watch his movies though i get that because again i think that <clears throat> you you're familiar with the tricks i guess is the best way to put it right like you know how you know how he's going to frame things. You know we're going to get this, we're going to get that and it's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's going to be 37 stars oh, in yeah. every movie yeah. now. The the ensemble is overwhelming. Um it's exactly this. Uh, okay. the, yeah. the, the Asteroid City is that. Here's what I'll say. I'll say this is um easily top 3 Wes Anderson. Oh, okay. Uh, it may be, it's up there towards one of my favorites with him. It is, I think, one of his darker um, features. It is also... You got Steve Carell in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, dude, it's it's everybody. Um, we can run through it uh, here in a bit. But it's, um, I think what I appreciated the most out of this is that we are fully dedicated to the facade of movies. And I'm trying to use those words carefully. That's the main that's the main word I think of it is the facade of it all. Is that we know we're watching a movie because mm-hmm. he's telling us we're watching an, an adaptation of this play. So it's already it's very meta because we open up with the narrator which is um Oh, God. Breaking Bad. What's his name? Aaron. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> Brian Cranston. Aaron Paul. <laughs> yeah. Aaron. <laughs> so Aaron Paul is Brian Cranston. <laughs> Aaron Lewis. Opens up the movie. And uh, anytime that we see Brian Cranston, he is in black and white to indicate that we are on two, diff- two separate timelines, okay. right? Um, and then we go into color. We're into the story. But essentially, 
Brian Cranston is there's essentially three different realities within this narrative feature. So we're dealing with the narrator who is kind of above space and time. Then we also have uh, Edward Norton's character and then later um, Adrian Brody who play the creative heads of Asteroid City. And then we can go in and out of the play of Asteroid City where all the actors are. But there are also interstitials where the actors who are in the movie, who are in the movie just like you would think you're watching a movie, but then in the next scene, they're playing the actors playing those parts in another, in black and white. I like that. So it's, um, you know, we're, we're playing with timelines. We're playing with uh, different points of view here. But it's it's all cohesive. It doesn't come across as cutesy. Oh, cool. And cutesy yeah. is a word that I think is appropriate sometimes with Wes Anderson. Yeah. yeah. And it starts to feel a little gimmicky too. It, yeah. I didn't and here's the thing. It all was very it all worked. And I also uh, another word that is also, you know, uh, synonymous with his output is charming. This is also charming. Um I will tell you I felt unbridled joy during um, several parts of this movie. Also, one of which brought what I call Russell Fisher, and this does happen from time to time, and I think I've talked about it on this very show, but occasionally... An erection. Uh, the erection of the eye. <laughs> Get that checked out. I sh- <laughs> Popped out? My cornea was two and a half millimeters. Ooh. I don't know. I was trying to think of what an eye boner is. I have no idea. Um, I shed a single tear, but the single it was an appreciation tear, Russell. There was nothing sad. There was nothing melancholy. There was nothing overly, um, uh, you know, pulling at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. It wasn't saccharine. It was just a moment in this movie where everything was perfect. And I was just in a, a, in the perfect space to appreciate everything that was happening. You mean very high? And I I wasn't very high. I had also it was you're a, like where am I? It was a brunch screening, and I had one Bloody Mary. I thought you were gonna say blunt. <laughs> Only one blunt. Only one blunt. Oh, I had one Bloody Mary, and by that I uh, conjured a ghost in the bathroom. Oh fuck yeah! Thank you so much. Uh and I, mm, I don't want to spoil what, it. What was that? A blue screen? You just I, had like an. <laughs> here's what else. I don't want to spoil it. I really don't. Okay. Um, there is a beautiful reveal, and reveal it was, it, and it was, and it was just perfect, because again, it 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 mirrored my earlier statement. What I was saying is like the facade of it all. You know, we're watching a movie. And it just worked perfectly. It was fun, and it was uh, just perfectly executed. And then also there was a great musical uh, moment with a kid um, who sang a country and western song. So, I mean, come on. You know, you're writing the movie for me there. Yeah. Um, the uh, the set is perfect. Um, like I said, this one's a little bit darker. It uh, deals a lot with death. And also there are mirrors of covid <laughs> Uh, I would maybe say with, um, which I'm going to be honest, it, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't real, I, mirrors I didn't, of COVID. Yeah, what no. do you mean? <laughs> Here's what I mean. 
quarantine oh, is a big part of this movie. No. But I, I, let me tell you, I watched this. I didn't, not one time did I think of coronavirus 19. Oh, okay. Uh, in quarantine, it was just a word because I was, the thing with Wes Anderson is that when, you know it works because you're fully immersed in his universe. And I think it's easier for uh, the stop motion to be in that way, right? Okay, because yeah. there's less barriers, yeah. right? You know, like, yes, there's a giant cast, but you, is, there's the voices. And everything is a controlled universe um, that is, you know, it's completely playful. Like, it's fucking clay. They're clay dogs or whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a clay fox saying, what the cuss? <laughs> like, it's easy to get entered into that universe. And for me, this was so easy to get into this weird little desert town that they made. And um, it was beautiful. And I, I it, and it was, it was really, it was funny. Um, it was a, nearly a sold out theater at 1030 a.m., uh, on a Saturday, yeah, it's the Alamo, and yeah. uh, it was great. I, I honestly, this was uh, this is one of his best movies. He gave you quarantine, and you had a quarantini. Smells like quarantine spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that depression? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fear. Okay. All right. So we got um, that was my main movie, uh, Asteroid City. You know what? Or what was that? <laughs> I think it was the carbonation when I summoned inhaled, <laughs> and then the carbonation wanted to exhale. <laughs> Russ, I'm stuck between a four and four and a half. Should I just commit to the four and a half? Probably. Well, I, I mean, just what's really holding you it? back from a five? Ah, uh, there's some things. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Mail on screen kiss. It's What's like you lose the star. <laughs> I don't know. There was. Oh, okay. There was. Oh, there you go. I, no wonder you hated it. And uh, no, can I tell you? I bought it. <laughs> That's where the eye erection yeah, came in. Yeah, I bought in. it. Uh, yeah, there was a little smooch between uh, Schwartzman and uh, Norton. It was nice. Uh, five-star smooch. Good. It was a five-star smooch. Actually, no, it was one of those, it was one of those, like, they use a lot of, like, upper body to, like, cover the face. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? No tongue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no tongue. They're no, no, no. fucking whack. Four, Four and, and a half. half. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Black Kevin. Mirror. They oh, came Black out. Mirror. I don't know when did they come out last week. I think it. I, I think it had been. I think it was out the last episode that we had recorded because Randy, I think, had saw the first episode and did not care for it. And um, I decided. I was like, well, I don't have a whole lot going on. Let me <laughs> jump into uh, this new Black Mirror now. Oh, Black Mirror. As a whole, oh, by the way, did you know the first Black Mirror episode came out in 2011? Whole Black Mirror. God. Yeah, what? Yeah. Are you done? I can't help it. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, when Black Mirror first came out, I watched episode one. I said, this show is great. I can't wait to keep watching it. Finally, something will take over well, that was the uh, Twilight Zone. That was the President Pig episode. No. Yeah, that's the first Black the first Mirror one, episode. The first, well, what the fuck did we the watch? The Prime Minister fucks a pig. Oh, God, we did. We covered that, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that like a only a small part of that? <laughs> Why do I not remember that more? I remember one where a girl's living in like a, a room and uh, they force you to watch an advertisement on the wall and they make you go run on a treadmill every day. I think it was episode two. Okay. I remember two then. Yeah. I don't remember one at all. One was good. 
two was fun. Yeah, pink okay. fucking. Uh, this is season six of Black Mirror. Um, now, the last iteration of Black Mirror, which I think came out in 2019, was season five. I believe Miley was in there, right? It was not good. Yeah, I, I don't think there was a like single it. episode that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, I wish I could get in there and argue with everybody because I'll have to like it as a contrarian. It was rough. Uh, and I, I honestly, I don't think I watched the Miley one. I don't think okay. I finished it. Yeah. Um, that's not the case in this one. Uh, this was a great effort across the board. Uh, honestly, as a cohesive series, this may have been one of the better outputs for me. Um, I enjoyed uh, four of these five. I will, I, and I'm a little tough on the first one. Joan is awful. That was my least favorite one, and it's the one that kicks off uh, this mm-hmm. series. That's why I thought you were you were done because you talked about it on here, and you're like, "Garbage." I did I not. Yeah. I did not enjoy it. Yeah. And the reason why I did not enjoy it is because they fucking went nice at the end. Oh, okay. You end mean. They wrapped up everything. It was too fucking cutesy. And they. So here's the thing. Do you know what the first one's about? What Joan and Awful is? Uh, little, Terrell was telling okay. me about it. An average woman is stunned to discover a global streaming platform has launched a prestige TV drama adaptation of her life in which she is portrayed by a Hollywood A-lister, Selma Hyatt. Now, here's the thing I didn't get um, when Terrell was explaining it to me. is, And this would... Uh, I assume that there was just a coincidence of what was happening in the thing she's watching. Or are they literally adapting her life they are literally adapting her life okay so she's like famous in in here or no she is a woman who has a corporate job um working at whatever startup business oh okay uh it's some sort of environmental situation okay um and she had a you know a, a not great day at work and comes home with her boyfriend and they sit down on the tv and they're right on the TV. They're they're uh, they right is on it, the TV. Is it a tube? A well, flat? the thing is, is that um, they're they're vagabonds, right? And oh. they they kind of you know they run around. So they they just grab whatever they can. So their couch is a TV, <laughs> and their TV is propped on an older TV. Fuck yeah! It's just a room full of TVs. Dude, I'm into so, that. But they're sitting on their couch and they're watching Netflix. Now the first. This may have not been the first eye roll I had, and I also think that it was a conscious effort mm-hmm. on the half, but it's very, th- there's so much winking in this episode that it's frustrating. Uh, Netflix is called Streamberry. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they're watching Streamberry, and they see the show Joan is Awful. And Joan has, she has black hair, but she's got a little blonde deal at the front. Okay. First few bangs, I don't know. Is that how I'm saying it? <laughs> the, the, like, she has a lion's mane of blonde up yeah. top. And so it's a very, it stands out, this hairstyle. And uh, you see Hel- Selma Hayek wearing this exact hairstyle on this show, and the show is called Joe and is Awful, and it is shot for shot of what her day was. And uh, with, you know, different dialogue there. My problem with this is, they built this. Sh- they built this episode. It kept going up and up and up and up and up and up. 
and you knew it was going to crash at some point <laughs> because they, there was no strong enough foundation to build for all that for the heights they were trying to aspire to. Yeah. And you knew it was going to come tumbling down one way or another. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I don't want to break it down. I'm not, you know, my goal in going through these is to not, you know, shit on these. I'd like you to watch them. Jonah's awful, my least favorite one. Like I said, I just, it, it, it was not sustainable uh, for that, that third act and that ending. And then um, I'll tell you off camera what it's about. Because okay. it, it's all centered around AI, too, kind of. Um, episode two. Now, this is the one you watched, correct? Mm-hmm. This is Locke Henry. A young couple travel. A young, God. IMDb. A young couple travels to a sleepy Scottish town to start work on a genteel nature documentary, but find themselves drawn to a juicy local story involving shocking events of the past. Um, also, I should go back. and uh, So everything with Black Mirror is written by Charlie Brooker, who is the uh, show's creator. Uh, and each one of these episodes does have a different director. Um, Ali Panqui. I, I hope you're saying that correctly. <laughs> uh, directed Jonah's Awful. And Lock Henry is directed by Sam Miller. Um, Lock Henry, this may be my... Mm, it's up there. It may be my second favorite. Uh, it's, it's pretty close with the next one. I really, really enjoyed this one. Because th- it's mean. This one's mean. They don't pull punches. And that is all we're doing in Jonah's Awful, is that it it escalates until it doesn't, and then we pull back everything, and then the entire ending of the show is toothless. That's why I didn't like Jonah's Awful. Locke Henry progressively gets weirder and um, sadder the, the more we go into it. Um, and... What else I liked about this is I, I like the backdrop of where we are. Um, we're in, a, you know, a, like we say, a, a sleepy Scottish town that is a beautiful town, beautiful area uh, that had no more tourism uh, because of some terrible, terrible things that happened in the history of that town. And um, the main guy, uh, Samuel Blinken, uh, and his girlfriend, uh, Mahila Harold uh, plays part of Pia. She comes in. She's an American, and she comes into the sleepy Scottish town with her little skinny uh, Scottish boyfriend, and uh, they meet up with one of his old mates at the old watering hole. And he then proceeds to tell young Pia about the the real dark secrets of this town and why nobody will uh, come and vacation there anymore. Uh, because of some old psychopath who used to kill people named Ian Adair. And so what they were going to do is make a documentary about this man stealing eggs turned into a documentary about Ian Adair, this uh, serial killer who uh, killed this town. (laughs) And uh, then more stuff happens. And, yeah, I, I just think the execution of this is great. I like how we go way more horror than we did in the first one. Some, and that's that's the thing is with Black Mirror is that sometimes it's it's going to lean a little more in, you know, science fiction area. This is I wouldn't say Black Black Mirror is a a horror uh themed show, but it's certainly an element um that plays around and uh, there's there's another episode here uh, 
that I'll talk about that definitely delves more in horror. Two, actually. Um, so with this one, it's um, I, I I don't know. I was glad that we went more into that territory, um, but I also really appreciated the commentary. Um, really, just about this um, oversaturation of storytelling that we're kind of in and oversaturation of documentaries and true crime. And, uh, I, I, I liked what this story had to say about those things. Um, and sort of the horrors off camera that can happen, uh, when you want to bring horrors on camera. So I don't know, Russ, what'd you think? Um, I don't know if I want to get into it. I, I kind of want to talk about, like the creation and like themes in there. And I think if we're going to recommend it, it'd be kind of, um, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought, um, this is pretty much close to a perfect way to tell a story. I, Terrell was telling me that there was a faux doc episode. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll watch an in-world camera thing. And I would say it's not a faux doc, yeah. but it is about the creation of a documentary and the way that, I would call this a mixed media feature too, even though it's not what we're used to with like screen life or like different types of like, I, this is mixed media. It's almost like mixed storytelling because we have traditional Hollywood storytelling, which is the movie. But then we have that beautiful scene that you mentioned in the pub where there's oral storytelling. They don't show us anything. There's no recreations. They do. Um, I think they might be fake or real. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, where they had a uh, kind of cut in VHS degraded looking television broadcast. Yeah. And I'm like, are those real? They look fucking real. And you know, that's really what I'm looking for in, um, in world camera film is blurring that, that line. And we're watching a fictional, I mean, I knew the show was fictional, but when they just the inclusion of that kind of footage made me think, is this a real story though? Like, yeah, I, and I, in no way did I expect that. I will also say, I completely agree that these are not always like you don't really come into these thinking they're going to be horror. I hope they will. There's a moment in this one that I was squeezing Oksana because the tension was killing me. Yeah, and it was just a simple like edit. But I was like, oh, my God, you're fucking killing me. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, we had to mention after. I don't know. I I definitely would like to dig into this more. But if I, I'm sure most of you haven't watched this show. Um, at least watch that one. I really liked it. It's solid. And it is found footage in the way that they are finding footage. So, I mean, it's tangential. We should add another uh, subcategory to found footage for it. Yeah, I really liked it. How many stars? A five. Easy. I really liked it. And I'll, like the script is so good that I felt in a lesser version of this, we would have had time wasted on character motivation, like why they are making these choices. But there were moments in here, <clears throat> like I, I could talk about this, the, the egg documentary that they're going to make, Yeah, it kind of featured the local authority in a bad light. But her boyfriend, at which um, they're staying at his mom's house, was a was a cop, and she's trying to impress his mom, and she starts talking about like, oh yeah, the police weren't doing their job, and it was, and 
she's looking at her, and also again because it's important, she's a black girl. So you don't know if there's like a racial thing element here, or if it's clearly just because she was married to a cop, where she's like, uh, I don't really want you to make a documentary showing these dudes in a bad light. Yeah. But she acknowledges it. And then later when there's the opportunity to pivot into true crime, there was an opportunity to make his dad look good, but they never have her character say that, even though you knew that's a clear motivation for her. So I don't know. I just thought this was like a master class in everything from editing, which they do feature editing in here, which now that I've been, Oksana has been training me, it feels nice to see that appear on screen. I don't know. I really like this one. Yeah, it's solid. Um, yeah, a lot of mixed media in there. Uh, I mean, it's fucking drone footage in there. And they even kind of go through the beats of how you would do this. Yeah. Like, at one point, they get a, a video camera, and they're like, why are we shooting on this? And she's like, it's for aesthetic. That's the only reason. And, you know, they're they're kind of trying to do uh, the making of a murderer, right? That felt like kind of the, yeah. the show that they were kind of laughing at, but, you know, through the side yeah, of the again, And, you know, again, I think we... Uh, Yo, this one's this one. Uh, it's not gonna make you feel all nice and warm. Inside. No, actually, um, this is the the perfect kind of film where at the end you have mixed feelings and you you really don't know how to feel about them. Which is interesting because, like <laughs> you know, again, I'm I'm going in order here and having um, Lock Henry uh, with Beyond the Sea. These are the two brutal ones. Now, you know, I, I liked Locke Henry so much that I kind of was poking around Reddit because it came up. People were taking uh, – I've been looking at, like, a lot of, like, um, new editing theory for, like, social media and shit. And if you look in memes, sometimes they'll flash a lot of text and then there's no way you could read it. And the intent is, like, if you're looking at, like, a reel or something, you can put your finger on it and pause the screen. So – Filmmakers are aware that we can control the media and we can stop it and reverse it and do whatever the fuck we want. And there's a lot of that in Locke Henry. And I realized they kept bringing up Demon 79, but I thought that was an old season. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that we just got out of an interview talking about anthology films that had a conversation. Are they doing that here? No. Okay, cool. I did... um. If uh, you do watch Locke Henry, or if you watch it again, look at all the newspaper headlines and shit. People were pulling frames out of there where they had, uh, it was like, police deploy new drone. And it's like, um, you know, the Boston uh, mechanics, how they have the dogs that can like run uphill. The yes, yes. Yeah. It's like that sleepy little town, Locke Henry deployed one of those to look for the serial killer. Uh-huh. There's a lot of weird shit like that in there. Interesting. Yeah. So worth another watch. Beyond the Sea is the next one. Um, in an alternative 1969, two men on a perilous high-tech mission wrestle with the consequences of an unimaginable tragedy. Uh, this one is the longest. It is one hour and 19 minutes, and it is also the most cinematic. And I would bet you dollars to donuts it was the most expensive. Um, this one is this one's impressive. Um, boy, it's also rough. Um, Aaron Paul, Josh Hartnett, uh, are both astronauts in space and Russell, what they're able to do is, uh, they've got a little machine and they've got their, um, doppelgangers on earth that are made, they're, oh, okay. they're not real 
people. Yeah. They have fake bodies, but they're able to transfer their consciousness to these you know, puppets yeah. of themselves that look exactly, you know, when we're, when we're seeing it on camera, it looks exactly like them, but they're not real. Uh, but so they're able, while they're in space, able to spend time with their family. So what a novel idea. Well, Charlie Brooker and his uh, perverted imagination uh, figure out what's the worst thing that could happen in this scenario. And he figured it out. Uh, he had a Manson family come in and kill one of the astronauts uh, and their entire family while he was uh, while they were on Earth. And so he lost his he not only did he lose his family and he watched his family get murdered. Oh. He lost his robot body and wasn't able to go back on Earth. But there was nothing on Earth for him to go back to. And so Aaron Paul had his and he's like, hey, why don't you borrow mine for a little while? Well, as you can imagine. <laughs> Things don't end up very well. Started cooking meth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like this one a lot. Um, it's uh, it's up there with Loch Ness for probably my second favorite one. Uh, check that one out. It's really good. Oh, another headline in Loch uh, Henry was the Loch Ness murder, and it had a shot of the lake. Like yeah, was, yeah of I course love you had it. to. The fourth one, Maisie Day. Now this is uh, I think this is one of the least favorite. Um, ones that uh, came out of this season, uh, I'll tell you, it's it automatically became towards the top of my list just off runtime alone at forty three <laughs> minutes. Maisie Day. It sounds like a band Randy would listen. Now, see, to. here's the thing: is that I love that the name of this episode is Maisie Day because it is, uh, even though she's barely in it, it's about a celebrity named Maisie Day, but oh, it's starring okay. is starring Zazzy Beats. <laughs> so Zazzy Beats is not Maisie Day. Um, this one's pretty simple. A troubled starlet is dogged by an invasive paparazzi while dealing with the consequences of a hit and run incident. Uh, all right, I don't again, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but this movie is a blank movie. Something happens in the third act. You didn't, you were like, oh, okay, that's what this thing is, and that's what it is. And people didn't expect what it is, because what happens is a very horror movie thing, because it's a thing that happens in horror movies, and people were thrown off by it. Uh, so, I think that's why I liked it, is because it went full genre, and you didn't think it was, and it was 43 minutes. And for what they were trying to do, I thought they did it fine. This, I have no, I like this one. So it's a werewolf movie. Wow. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. That's so fucking dumb. Why'd I say that? Yeah. Randy, cut this out. Randy, cut that out. <laughs> but that's for what it real. Is. Yeah, cut that yeah, out. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> God damn it. I was going to say Bigfoot I had to, the whole I, time. You said it, so I had to acknowledge it. God. I was like, yep, that's what it is. Okay. I, but, hey, watch it. I liked it. You know, bleep it. <laughs> Let's give him a thing. He can bleep it. Yeah, bleep it. Yeah, that's what I meant by cut it out. Okay. Because, yeah, bleep it. Cut it out, Joey. Ooh, RIP. We lost him. That's not true. Dave Coulier no. is still around. 
the last one. This is my favorite one. I think this was on a lot of people's list for favorite ones. Here's why it's my favorite one. It doesn't feel like a Black Mirror episode. Oh, In Black fact, Mirror. It is, uh, it is labeled as a Red Mirror production, which I think is... Um, I think it may be another... I think it has been an active production banner that he's been using, uh, but it may be for a whole new thing. Um, this... It's... It, I don't know if they shot it on film stock, but they try to m- make it f- seem that way. Um, also, there are so many needle drops in this episode, but I okay, they're all very strange, and they're all European pop choices. Um, Peaches, which, which I don't know if you know this, Russell, but uh, <laughs> I have become quite the expert um, in European pop music, and. Uh, I loved every goddamn second of this one um, because essentially what we have here, Russell, is that we have this uh, is, is, is beautiful young Pakistani woman uh, living in England a- in 1979. And I don't know if you know about, uh, you know, there was some racial tension uh, back in the day, uh, you know, with, with you know, various groups. Really? <laughs> yep. Tell me about it. <laughs> Various groups. I know. <laughs> it it it's using England in 1979 as a backdrop, but it also feels very, for lack of a better word, Trumpian. Uh oh. Uh, in a sense, but this girl. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm no. I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this, um, because our lead actress, who is um, Anjana Vassen, uh oh, what is going on with uh, IMDb? It crashed. Yeah, mine too. Oh no! I've got oh, IMDb has literally crashed. <laughs> but both uh, Russell, uh, whose screen I can see on the big TV, has the exact same screen I can see on my little computer. And it says, error, Houston, we have a problem. And then it quotes from Apollo 13, 1995. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. What the hell? I am to be crashed. Well, anyway, um, I think I said her name. She's great. And I, I, she carries the movie for me because you just, you pull for her, man. I, it, casting was perfect here. Because she's just, uh, she's got big eyes. And I don't know. There's something about big eyes on film that it just, uh, it just works, right? Yeah. It's, uh, there's, it just, it, it, you just, you sympathize with her, you empathize, you all the eyes you feel for. Her. And this poor girl is, uh, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she bled on a talisman, and lo and behold, a demon comes and tells her that she's got to kill three people in three days, or the world will end. Oh, hell yeah. And so that's what the movie is. There's a lot of humor here. Knock at the cabin? Oh, is it is it back? No. No. Okay. We went to the old uh, fail-safe. Can you tell me... Um, okay. Papa Essidu. What the fuck are you saying? Papa Essidu okay. plays Gap. Gap is the demon in this episode. When we first see Gap, he takes his demon, his original demon form, which is very scary. It's a very scary demon. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I would say uh, Tim Curry legend. That demon, that okay. you know, big yeah. horns. <laughs> That's the first big horn demon. Hook 'em horns. Think. Hook 'em horns, dude. <laughs> but but then she was scared and didn't want to talk to him. And he's like, now, even though he's in that scary form, he has a very cool British voice. Hell yeah. And um, it's just very charming. And he's like, I can take another earthly form that you would like. And in the scene prior to uh, this demon gap, uh, you know, entering her life, she was watching a music video of a band that is near and dear to my heart. And I know that y'all know a tune or two. Uh, the band is Boney M. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. So he takes, he takes, that that yeah. song is in there. Long as Ma Baker's also in oh, there. Yeah. Dude, I love this movie because it, it it's it's so much Boney M. And also he takes the, the uh, physical manifestation of the lead singer of Boney M. So he's just dressed out in this wild 70s disco outfit the entire time as he is this demon. <laughs> so then, Charlie Brooker's Spotify put him on Boney M and he wrote <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Um, I just, it was, I had fun with it. And uh, it was also dark and sad and funny and um, grim and hopeful. All right. I, I really enjoyed it. I, 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 it was It was my favorite one. I also kind of um, it's seventy four minutes. It feels like a full fledged feature to me. Um, I had a great time with it. I I, I, I like Demon seventy nine a lot. You know, when I was digging around on Reddit looking at uh, uh, Lock Henry, people were saying that there's things in there that tie these murders in, where they're not tied together, but they're acknowledged. So it's almost like the same reality. It's very possible, and yeah. I feel like they've done that in the past. Um, I I'll tell you, I was try I was treating everyone as its own separate thing, yeah. And um, I guess I just completely gloss See, over all that shit. It's weird because you it's a TV show, but even if the TV show is literally just a vehicle for movies to get, it still is like kind of a turnoff for me. Because the the fact that they're all under the same umbrella makes me feel like I got to watch them all. Now the the thing is uh, now why I said this doesn't feel like Black Mirror because it's got nothing to do with technology here. Oh, okay, yeah. And I you know that is the and again it's it says Red Mirror, um, and you know when you see the title card and the opening, you're like, what the are they doing Jalo now? <laughs> like honestly, that's yeah. what you feel at the yeah. beginning. Um. But uh, I don't know, man. Just uh, cohesively, uh, it was my favorite one. And uh, the humor was uh, Spider. really good. From Mars? Oh, no. It just crawled up the wall. Oh, of course. Sorry. Oh, Hit the alarm. Welcome <laughs> to hell. <laughs> They've broken in the room. All, All right. right. That's it, dude. All right. My turn. Now, Clark, the rudest co-host on this show, clearly did not care and just was like, I got six fucking movies to talk about. Well, I see your handful of movies, and I also have six movies to talk about. But this is going to go a lot quicker, I promise. Um, here, let me... I covered a whole season of I show. know you did. Yeah, and man, I really want to talk about Locke Henry. I really fucking... I think the arc in that movie, 
they they hit all the emotions in there. Yeah, no, for sure. All of them. For sure. And the ending is such a bittersweet ending in multiple ways that I like whenever you can do a subplot and a main story that like ebb and flow together and both have a complete journey. Man, I really like that one. Yeah. And then you put the aesthetic of like VHS tapes and shit in there and making a documentary and I it's everything I want. I really think that was like a perfect the script was layered. It. it was layered and the execution was perfect. I get I, Yeah. I, I, I and I there were more I feel like there were more celebrities in this season of Black Mirror that I had noticed in the past. Uh but casting I think overall was the biggest success here. Okay, yeah. Uh, I I, honestly, casting was. Did we just have an earthquake? No, I think I shook the table. Okay, thank you so much. (laughs) I was like, I feel something shaking. Aftershock. Uh, Man, no, casting was perfect and it elevated all these stories. Um, Yeah, just really good job across the board. Yeah. Um, Yeah, God, the lead in Lock Henry. He looked like he had not eaten a day in his life. Skinniest little boy. Ever but he had a he had a face for TV. He really yeah. like yeah. Yeah, but he had a dick like a Pepsi can. <laughs> oh my. Um. All right, my turn. Now, if y'all are ready to really embark on a movie journey, I have a um, new segment that I'm calling Film in Review. Let me turn on the stinger. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Wait, wait, that's the wrong the wrong stinger. Still boo. But yeah, what do you less want? Of a boo. What do you want? Um no, I don't I don't know what I'm talking Psycho about. Psycho magic. That's but what I, I, should have done. I do <laughs> I don't know where that is. I might have gotten rid of it. That was the best one you ever did. No, it's hey, you know what I found it. Here it is. Films in review. Psycho magic. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um yeah, I, a weird thing happened where I ended up re-watching films I had seen before, two of them. And I thought it was interesting because one, I liked a lot less the second time around, Ooh. and the other I liked a lot more. What do you want to hear, the negative or the positive? Oh, I already know. So let's go with the one that you liked more the second time. More. Well, on um, Tuesday, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday, Oksana? I believe it was Wednesday. No, Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. And, oh God, this week has been busy. And on Tuesdays every week, we film Blu-ray Tuesday. So it's already like a day that's kind of like blocked off. Um, and and then, and, you know, it, you love when you wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, shit, we have tickets to go see a movie. Yeah. And, you know, it was a movie that I had to go see because Brandon Cronenberg was in town. They were showing Possessor and Infinity Pool. And I fucking love Possessor. I really love that movie. And um, didn't go see it. because 10, 10 p.m. He was going to do a Q&A for Infinity Pool. And I'm like, really? Why? Why Infinity Pool? Yeah. And then it, I didn't care. I had Blu-rays that needed to be signed. And I was not going to make the same mistake I did with Nicholas Winding Refn. And I was not going to bitch out. And I knew that Oksana would go up there. So I'd hand her her Blu-rays. Spoiler alert. Uh, they did get signed. And it was fantastic. And Infinity Pool, man, I kept thinking of Del Toro. Again, we uh, if you remember when we covered Infinity Pool on here, I saw it with about 11 people. I think I was the only one who liked it. 
and I didn't even really love it. I thought it was okay. I was kind of bummed. I, I love Brandon Cronenberg. I think it's impossible to follow up a career like his dad had, but somehow he's doing it. He also still plays ball in body horror, It's but it's a different thing. And his ideas are incredible. And I, I saw Infinity Pool and I went, oh, no, we're just doing like a eat the rich kind of commentary or like, oh, if you have money, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, it's so boring. Yeah. And there was a little bit, there was cool stuff. I mean, special effects. And, and I watched it again, the uncut version. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll appreciate it more this time. Because I did defend it in the theater when we watched it originally. And uh, Del Toro was right uh, when he said that, you know, when he makes a movie, he makes the movie that he thinks uh, that he wants. And a lot of the time when people cut trailers from those movies, they're trying to pitch to you a movie that you might want. So when you go and you watch like Pan's Labyrinth, you're like, uh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And he uh, says, I'm sorry, but please watch it again and try and see what I was trying to do. And I did. And I thought Infinity Pool was fantastic. Also, it helped that uh, the uncut shit actually, it added a uh, a phallus to the game. Yeah. There was a wiener that gets uh, a little bit of a hand job going, if you remember the moment, with Mia Goth. No. Did you watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, he's peeing, and then he's interrupted by Oh, Mia yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That was uh, the only thing I remember. And they show it. There's right. a, and uh, you know what? Pretty modest choice there. In the Q&A, uh, yeah. they actually asked him about like Skarsgård and drafting the dick and working with the special effects team. And uh, Very interesting q and I want to give credit to Jake Isgard. We had him on here before. He's the program director at the Alamo. He very firmly... Said we're gonna do a QA. I really want people, I want you to come up with good questions. I want you to come up with a question. There needs to be a question mark at the end. Do not make a statement. He said, and you get one. Do not do yeah, more than he's one. He's done this before. And somebody tried it. Of course. They they uh this is a two-part question. And he said, How about you do one part? <laughs> and I just was I wanted to pat him on the back and like, Jake, you're doing the God's work. Fantastic interview. Um Great movie. Uh, he mentioned, he asked him if it was based off of a trip. Like, did you go on a bad cruise? Why did you make this movie? He said that is kind of it, but he had a good idea, he thought. And when they were filming, he was like, you know, we, we did it in the off season because we wanted to have the whole place to ourselves. And it got packed. And he said one of the, the boats that showed up was an FBI boat. They were doing a team building thing. So he said at one point, a uh, group of women came up to him and they said, we heard Skarsgård's on the island. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, we know you're making a movie. You know, we're FBI agents, right? You can't lie to us. And he was like, what? And he's like, but we're not like in America. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, we know he's here. And then they like bounced off. What? Yeah. They were trying to say that if you were on American soil, you'd be... You'd be breaking the law by lying to us because they're FBI agents. But why were they there? Because <laughs> they were. Oh, why were they there? Because they were doing training shit. He said that they were all over the island too. Weird. They had to shoot around FBI agents who were like on the beach flying drones and shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, Brandon. Uh, interesting dude. Uh, and I, again, I'm not. I think it's a four and a half movie for me now. What? The Skarsgård journey, I really, I empathize with them. Also, I think Jake put it best. He's like, it's really nice seeing the guy who came out of um, 
the Viking just being a cuck in a movie. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think he's really a cuck. He's, he's a definitely cuck. a he's definitely a pawn. But um there's something about the artist's journey where Cucks are pawns, dude. You know, he's written one book six years ago, and this whole like descent into darkness is because somebody pretended to like the work he did. And he felt seen and he was gonna leave his wife. I really enjoyed it. Spent too much time on that. So I'm gonna go ahead and st- what did you want to add, jump in there? No, but okay. I, I just I just loved how confident you were that you were going to rip through these so quickly, and I'm like, I well, know. we've been here I can't. before. All right, well, and I, I mean, know you. we were there too. I didn't order the milkshake with all the donuts in it or anything. This time. <laughs> I believe we we went pepperoni pizza. And See, a thing you're of doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was you know it was a nice night. Um, four and a half stars. The other one I watched we mentioned on the show last week. And I had fond memories of this. I'm like, it's an oddball film. I saw it at the Roxy. Really enjoyed it. Nobody ever talks about it. It grossed $800 its opening weekend, and I think I contributed $100. i am of course, talking about Officer Down. Um, yep, didn't, didn't hold up the way I thought it would. Damn. And I remember being in the theater and having the same fucking experience where I'm like, this is fucking cool. The major bait and switch here. Is uh, it has to do with our boy Kim Coates? Kimmy. The movie is Officer Down, and he's not the main character. Yeah. They do the thing where it's like, oh, the rookie cop is here, and I. It was all coming back to me. And also, uh, somebody came over. <laughs> somebody made plans to watch movies over here, and he's like, oh, me and my sister are gonna come over. We're gonna watch this movie. So he comes over without his sister and said, yeah, it was too late for her, so we should watch a different movie. And I'm like, okay, let me go to my shelf. I'm like, you know what, Officer Down, I just talked about this on the podcast. See, why do you capitulate to these swine you <laughs> hang out with? I, I kind of like that moment, though, because I'm Ugh, like, let me curate what we're about to do. their throats. But here's the thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a good movie. Nobody watched it. Four-star movie. Let's pop it in. And then instantly I'm like, oh, no. I misremembered this. There are a lot of great genre ideas here. I think tonally the problem is it has to do with Zen Master Flash. This movie is kind of like a gritty um, gritty, I wouldn't say campy. It's very genre forward. It could exist in the world of Big Trouble, Little China. And then they enter Zen Master Flash, and it's like, wait, are we back in like 1999? What was that movie? Um, Kung Pao, right? With the cow dodging the fucking. Yes. It's it's like that humor. Oh, and you're like, yeah, because they're like doing the dub on his voice. He's like, I am Zen Master Flash. I am, and you're like, dude. Uh, okay. Who's this for? Yeah. Like, nobody knows what that is now. Yeah, I get it. And again, this movie was made, what, seven years ago? So, I mean, but even at that time, it was late. Yeah. So, but I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. I just thought I did. Corey Taylor in the beginning made me cringe. And then um, shout out to listener Sam, who every time I talk about this movie goes, Officer Down, Down. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you don't remember the theme song? <laughs> oh, my God. It fucking cursed me that day. I kept singing it. It's terrible. It's not the fucking Retaliators, which is also a theme song I sing all the time. It's a great theme song. Yeah. No. Officer Down. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I believe I had it at a four. It's down to three and a half. Not a huge descent. Uh, then I've been cutting reels for Terrell. Like I said, Oksana has been training me in the ways of editing. And I love it. I'm getting in touch with my found footage roots. So I made a uh, reel on Instagram for Terrell about this. He always, it's fun whenever he's ripping a movie up. So I always make ones of movies that he doesn't like. I did Children of the Corn, the remake. And I was watching it. I'm like, dude, this looks like fun. I didn't watch it. But the other one, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, God. I'm like, dude, this looks like fun. Oh, man. 
I saw what you rated it. It's a three-star yeah. movie. And here's the thing. The guest was still over from Officer Down, who was a little bit agitated that we watched Officer Down. So I said, what do you want to do? A diodrama? Which Terrell told me there's a fantastic Spanish diodrama on Netflix right now. Uh, can you pull the title of that, Oksana? Um, you prefer dino dramas. We don't get a lot of diodramas, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm like, do you want to do a diodrama or a slasher? And he was like, oh, slasher. I went, perfect. Got Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. After Christopher Robin abandons them for college, Pooh and Piglet embark on a bloody rampage as they search for a new source of blood. The, in, the internal logic in this movie is flawed. The premise of this movie is stupid. The IP exploiting that you think is going to be the only thing this can offer is like, oh, it's funny. It's Winnie the Pooh. I, you know, unfortunately, they had more. There's talent here. This movie is um, what Scary Thoughts podcast would call premium mediocrity. It looks beautiful. The set design was fantastic. I don't know what magical woods they found to shoot this thing in, but they looked magical. And then you get this fucking stupid Winnie the Pooh mask. And it's like, you know what? That's fine. What did we expect? Like, you're coming in here to kind of make fun of the... You're making fun of Disney for losing a popular IP to public domain. Right? Yeah. Hilarious. And the thing is, they could have made a fucking movie here. But I believe they shot it in a week. And there's there's some shit in here. Like, Piglet chases somebody through a pool. That is one of the most brutal, slow chase scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, we are loaded up with five brunettes who feel completely interchangeable, except for the one influencer girl who's in the hot tub who uh, dies too early because yeah. she's the only one that was interesting in any way. I, I couldn't name a character in this movie. Like they're, They show up and they have the vibe of, I'm going to die. And it's like, okay, good. That's what I came here for. And then there's a half hour of them not dying. Is this an American production? No. Yeah, I believe it is British. So you might be in. There is one thing I want to give. If you've seen this movie, you might know what I'm talking about. But it's a little uh, sly here. There is a car that explodes in this film after it has a head-on collision with the truck. Yet only the car exploded. Now, the two vehicles collided and Winnie the Pooh was trapped in the middle. It looked like he died. It looked like our heroes had won. Yeah. But spoiler, he, they didn't. Mm. So he pushes the truck away. The truck, which looks like a new rental truck, he pushes it and it slowly rolls out of frame. And he starts walking to the protagonist and the car behind him explodes. And that was a beautiful little piece of indie horror filmmaking where they're like, how do we blow that car up without damaging this car? Yeah. It was it was so sly that if the person hadn't that I was watching this with hadn't pointed it out, I would have missed it. Yeah. Also, nice. I don't know why I'm protecting Dan, the fucking math mage, who, who could not stop complaining. Daname. He kept doing this thing, too. Oh, why didn't they just do this? Here, I just wrote a better movie. Like, he would just... Oh, and I'm like, oh, Dan, God. I'm like, Dan, this movie's not that bad, honestly. Uh, three stars. Your, da your dad and Dan ever hang out? They don't like each other. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. They, bo <laughs> they both feel bad about it, too, I think. Oh, I, oh, I could see... Dan tolerates that is my dad. oil and water. Yeah, for sure. And they both love D and D. So when they've tried to do that together, it uh, didn't help. So another thing. Last week we uh, plugged a movie that was taking place now or tomorrow. It would air. Uh, it'll be gone by the time this episode goes up, though. Summoning the spirit at Chattanooga Film Fest. So I was like, you know what? We got to give our boy some money. And I'm like, son, pick one movie. 
let's just rent it and watch it. We had a little bit of time before we played Adventure or Conqueror King. And she she did her homework. She looked at the reviews. She poured through Letterboxd. She was like, I think I found the strongest movie, the one that's clearly going to win the film award here. And she was like, The Haunting of Hype House. And uh, I didn't like it. And here's the thing. We just thought it might be a found footage movie. <laughs> she was like, I don't know. It looks like it could be, a, a, what did you say? A hybrid film? A hybrid, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, good enough for me. And we went in it. Here's the thing. It's mostly a comedy. And even on IMDb, it says comedy before horror. Surrounded by a group of his so-called friends, quotes, social media star Jared Zenith attempts to contact the ghost haunting his home, but instead finds himself possessed by it. This movie, um, I'll tell you, the acting was really good. And if you're an indie filmmaker, look at the cast here. They did a good job. Um, the cinematography, I can't really comment on because I wanted a completely different like narrative device. I was looking for in-world camera. The script here, though... Oh boy, I I started questioning what comedy was after watching this movie, yeah. and it definitely hurt it that this year at UF we showed um, hashtag Chag gets the axe, which kind of takes the same premise is an in world camera, it's a live stream format and it has a constant live chat. It's just like so well made that I I came in here and I'm like oh man, what a bummer. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Chattanooga Film Fest, though. I um, I wish I was watching more of their stuff, but this week has just been so fucking packed. And then, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I watched Lock Henry, and I loved it. And um, by the time this episode goes up, we will be recording um, the new Blu-ray Tuesday. And I just want to say stay tuned. Uh, a while ago, I covered a movie called Tiffany the Doll which I thought was some fantastic outsider indie horror mania that is lives on Tubi. Well, since then, uh, Felicia Rivers, the creator of Geechee One Films, has reached out to Terrell, and she loves his reviews, so she's just been hounding him to keep watching the movies and talking about them, yeah. which is why he's been doing it. But she sent him a new movie. I don't think it's coming out for a few months now, called Cherry Bomb. And she's like, this is going to be our best movie yet. And it's like, what does that mean? Like, you know, like, I don't know if she understands why people have a lot of fun with her movies. Yeah. So I was a little bit worried here. Also, it looks like I, Terrell kept saying it was reminding him of a movie. Does that poster remind you of anything? No. Um, Bottle Rocket. Not Bottle Rocket. <laughs> no. Not Wes Anderson. The other one. Uh, Red Rocket. Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay, I could kind of see that. And the, what Cherry was the name of a character in there, right? Strawberry. It was Strawberry? Strawberry. Cut this out, Randy, because I corrected Terrell and he believed me. It was Strawberry. Was it really? Strawberry. All right. Well, I th you know, that's your fault, Terrell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I watched this. It won't be out for a while. It's going to be on um, Tubi, like all her films. She's got a new fucking movie every week. She has nine in like production already. Yeah, dude. She's turning them out. What um, what was the name of that young lady we talked to in England who uh, does the same thing? Oh fuck! And she, uh, ITN films, yeah. I believe she did a which also Viking. produced uh, your uh, Blood and Honey over there. Uh, Viking. That was ITN as well. Oh shit! First Krampus, right? Yeah, it was Vikings versus Krampus. Uh, let me. Oh, Pagan Warrior. That's what it's under. I, you know, I, here's the thing. 
We have so many people on this show that I feel fucking terrible. Louisa when I, Warren. When I can't just pull their name. Hey, Randy, edit that together where it sounds like we got her name. <laughs> just like that. Dude, but it's brutal. Dude, we've done 430 fucking and like half of them at least. Well, no, for 200, every episode had an interview. Yeah. So, you know what? Fuck you. We've talked you over 200 people. Too many people. Yeah. Get them all in a room. Throw a party. Um, yeah, God, that explains a lot about Blood and Honey. Blood and Honey. They put out a fucking honey. exclusive limited um, Blu-ray, too, with a bunch of lobby cards and shit. And I'll tell you, I kind of wanted it after I watched it, even though I didn't love the movie. Yeah. I thought it was a three-star movie. Anyway, Cherry Bomb's coming out. I'll tell you, this movie's an hour and 40 minutes long. Which was, uh, me and Terrell talked about it. I'm like, oh no, dude. Her movies are usually an hour. And they can feel a little lengthy. This one, dude, she really tried for it. She, she was trying to do the indie darling kind of like 13, where it's like a, um, a girl's like kind of like rough life yep. in like this little moment. But there's a twist in there. It gets a little bit genre. Not bad. Um, but it's very micro budget, too. So, I don't know. You keep that on your radar. I actually, I thought I had more to talk about, but I'm done. So, we did that quick. I, I can't I can't tell y'all enough. Even if you like hate TV shows, go watch Lock Henry. I really like that. It was really good. Scroll up. What do you think about the uh, Indiana Jones Hamilton watch? Oh, I bought two. Yeah, dude. How much are they? Uh, what do you think? I have no idea. $50. More than $50. Is Hamilton a- Hamilton is... Uh, this watch I'm wearing is a Hamilton. Hamilton is a trusted brand. Hamilton is an excellent entry into Swiss watchmaking. So that's the best clue I'm going to give you. Okay. So <laughs> given you. that, this it's an entry-level Swiss brand that has American roots. So what do you think? Uh, 250 uh, I think that watch is like around 600 And it's... Uh, it's a. It's only uh, diameter's twenty seven. So it's a. It's a ladies watch, if you'd like. Oh really? It's a smaller watch. Yeah. I th- I think it's great. I think it. I think it looks wonderful. Oh, this website is a fucking zero out of ten. Yeah. Look at that. You know. Yep, seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred dollars. There you go. Hamilton is. Uh, they're known for kind of being. Um, they do a lot of marketing through movies. So there's there's a lot there's a long history of Hamilton watches in film. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like Hamilton a lot. All right. I have heard mixed things about this new Indiana Jones. Oh, the watch or the movie? The movie. I've only heard bad things. I've heard one terrible thing, and then I heard one person who I don't agree with most of what they say. They enjoyed it. So everything is leaning oh, towards this not being great. Are you excited about the new Indiana Jones or no. what? But I I mean, I really like the first three. Sure. So I'm like, stop fucking with it. And also, you know, Harrison Ford, uh, what's he pushing, 80? I don't know. They look like they hopped him up on some shit they give Biden or something. To get I did there. not watch Crystal Skull. He looks, he looks worse than the Locke Henry guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks more malnourished. I mean, look at this poster we're looking at there. They CG'd his face. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he has no eyes here. <laughs> Very dark. Um, I don't know. When does that come out? I have no idea. I feel like I have no gauge of like summer movies anymore. No. It means nothing to me now, which is kind of sad. Um, outside of 
Mission Impossible. Very exciting. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, like I said, we, we wrapped up our interview earlier today, uh, so we should have that for you on Thursday. Uh, also, heads up, probably going to be a little bit longer than your normal Thursday episode. And guess what I had to say on that? You're welcome. <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful talk. With yeah, it. I was shocked that you were down to keep going. Well, when you listen to the episode, you'll understand why. Yeah, all um, having a good time. We are taking donations for the funeral of Randy. Again, his body was lost in the wreckage. There was an implosion. Six thousand pounds. He is um, gone. He's deleted. And you can send that over to the Overlook Hour at gmail.com. Randy, we love you. We told you don't get in that submarine. Yeah, with a Logitech controller. <laughs> We'll see you next week. And the Indiana Jones watch. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Statt. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.